Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome. So glad you guys are here today. Fourth of July weekend. Come on, you guys are the ones that don't care about three-day weekends, but you came to church. Come on, somebody. All right. And I'm glad you did. It's going to be a good day because today uh, we're actually starting a new series. And uh, it's, not, it's not really that creative. We're just calling it our summer speaker series. And this is why. Because we're going to have different speakers through the summer. And I'm going to be one of those. Some of the other pastors here are going to be some of those. Um, uh, Jeff Mears is going to be one of those this summer. Come on. But today, to kick off our summer speaker series, uh, I'm pumped because we have a good friend of mine, Casey Bombasi. Yes, that is his real name, all right? Casey Bombasi and his wife and his three beautiful children are in town. Uh, came in last night, crashed with us through the, uh, the 5th of July. And I thought, man, you're in town. You, you kick it off. And so, uh, so he's going to kick it off today all the way from City of God Church in L.A. Can you give a big hand? Come on to my friend, Casey Bombasi. Good morning. Everybody doing good? How many of you have been here when I've preached before? Okay, good. So I can dispense with the welcomes and all that kind of, just get right into the word? Okay, three of you, yes. Okay, great. Well, anyways, uh, my, my, my name is Casey Bombasi. It's my wife, Paige, up here. And uh, we are in Los Angeles, California, specifically. We are in Silver Lake is where our church is located. And uh, if you've never heard of Silver Lake, Silver Lake is the birthplace of the hipster. And uh, so if you're like, oh, where do they come from? They all come from Silver Lake. Ah, oh, thank you. This was brought from the well that three men broke through the lines to bring it to me. I'm going to pour it out. <laughs> That's a Bible joke. Somebody get that on the way home. Hey, uh, it's glad to be here. We're excited. We love San Diego. We lived in San Diego for nine years, and uh, it's kind of fun to come back and to see all the things that we usually do. We have a tradition in Escondido. There's a donut place called Peterson's Donuts. Anybody ever heard of it? If you've not heard of it, consider yourself blessed because you can go there 24 hours a day 350 days of the year and get yourself a donut. And I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's definitely American. Is that right? I took American flag, had my bald eagle on my shoulder this morning. We went right there, waved the flag, and they gave me a free donut. And I made the kids pay for their own, and it was great. <laughs> then we went to Starbucks and got a drink there. This is all the things that we can do in America. There are some places, I don't know if you know this, there are some countries in the world where donuts are not allowed. Some, some of you are in shock right now. I know some of you don't care. That's okay. Moving right along. We have been doing a series at City of God, and uh, it's called Best Summer Ever. And uh, if you know Los Angeles, that's also the, the birthplace of the Valley Girl. And uh, one of the ways Valley Girls speak is like this. And I'm just going to give you, I'm going to just put my man card down for a second. Best Summer Ever! Okay, put it back in my pocket. Uh, listen, we, we want to have the best summer ever, right? We want to be, we want to live a life that is abundant and that is full and that is filled with joy. If you've ever seen a Christian who is downtrodden and always beat up, and that, that's not the way to live. That's not the, what Jesus Christ died for, okay? He came to give us life and life more what? Abundantly, okay? So you know that. If, if we know that God wants us to have abundant life, why would we settle for anything less than abundance? That's a good place to say amen. amen. Right? Okay, yeah, okay. So we want to not settle for anything less than abundant life. Now, that's going to take us a long time because we have to get our mind renewed to what God says about us. Some people are saying, I don't feel good. I'm sick all the time. Well, you got to know that Jesus 
had those stripes laid on his back so that you could be healed, right? So you don't have to live in sickness. You don't have to live in poverty. It says that Jesus became poor, that we might become rich. And if you want to get all theological and say, well, he meant rich in spirit, brother. No, he meant rich not only in spirit, but rich in health and rich in life and rich in finances. And we want to be blessed. What you don't know will actually hurt you a lot, especially when it comes to the Word. We've got all these promises over here in the Bible, and we're like, you know what? I don't know about these, some of these promises. Some of these just seem like they're too good for me. Well, guess what? They are too good for you. That's why Jesus died, so that he could say, now you can have them. Amen? Okay, you with me? So we're doing the best summer ever, and we say one of the ways to have a best summer ever is to have a series of characteristics or attributes about ourselves. And the first thing that we started it all off with was this idea. To have these characteristics, you've got to have wisdom. That was a sideball there, wasn't it? You were like, oh, wait, yeah, here it is, here it is. Wisdom. Why is that? Wisdom is the master key that opens all the other doors. Okay, so if you go to a hotel room and you've got room 365, no pun intended, you go there and you open that door, right? Now, if you go to 364, is that going to open that door? No, we know that. Okay, you can, you can respond. It's cool to talk in church. Okay, you go to 364. What if I go to 368? No. What if I go to the penthouse and I try my key there? Will it work? No. Right? But if you have the master key... I'm, you know, these are keys in the future, are like credit cards now. Some of you are like, I thought it was a key like, no, it's one of those sliding credit card keys, okay? So you slide that credit card key right in there, okay? You go up and you got the master key. Guess what? You can go into whatever room you want to, okay? I was actually thinking about this. I was like, is this really the message, God, you want me to preach this morning in, in today's Bible reading? And I believe in reading the Bible every day, as, long, as so does Canvas. Look in your little brochure there. Number one, read the Bible every single day. You say, why would I do that? Because it's feeding your spirit. Now, you can fast for a time and not eat, and that's fine, but don't fast the Bible. You know what I mean? Don't do that. Like, oh, I'm fasting the Bible. No, that, that's the wrong thing. You're doing the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Feed your spirit by reading the Word every day. Gets in there. When you meditate in the Word day and night, it becomes like you're planted next to a tree of living water, and your leaves will never wither, and whatever you do will prosper. These are things that the Bible says, okay? So wisdom is that master key. So I was reading my Bible this morning, and guess what the passage was? Solomon prays for finances. Is that what it says? No. Okay, good. A few people know the Word. It says Solomon prays for wisdom, Okay, Solomon becomes the king of all Israel, and God visits him, and, saw, and, and God says to him, Solomon, what do you want? Now, for me, I know what I want. I would take a billion dollars. You say, man, you are so selfish. I am so spiritual. I would ask for world peace. Okay, well, I would take my billion dollars and create world peace. Okay, okay. Some of you would say, I want a new car. Okay, lift up your eyes a little bit bigger. Someone, some, someone really spiritual would be like, I want all the babies to be saved. Awesome, that's great. Solomon didn't pray for any of those things, though. He didn't pray for a new camel. He didn't pray for nice new robes or new sandals or a great new hat. You know what I mean? He didn't pray for any of that. He didn't pray for a kingdom or a palace or anything that would go for him. He says, Lord, give me wisdom that I might judge your people and lead them to you. So if Solomon, who is the wisest person on earth, says, God, I want wisdom, what do you think we should be asking for? Wisdom. Only, though, only if you want to be wise. Now, in the Proverbs, there are three different types of people. And before I get there, let me just read this to you, what Solomon says. Okay? This is in 1 Chronicles 1, 11 through 12. 
God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people through wisdom, and you did not ask for wealth or riches or fame or even the death of your enemies or a long life, which some of us probably thought, I would do that too. I would kill that. No, you wouldn't do that. You're so spiritual. But rather, you asked for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people. I will certainly give you the wisdom and the knowledge you requested, but, this is one of the big buts of the Bible, okay, but I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. Let's pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that it's living and sharper and powerful. And I thank you today, Lord, Canvas Church is good soil. Lord, it is a good place to throw the seed. Lord, and good soil is those who hear the word, those who receive the word, and those who do the word. And we will produce a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold. And everybody who believed that said, amen. amen. Think about that. That Solomon's heart was, was, was so in tune with God. And God says, man, I like what you're praying, and so here's what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to give you wisdom and the knowledge that you're asking for, but I'm also going to give you all these other things. Now, someone may say, that's all Old Testament, Casey. Have you ever read the New Testament? It's about sacrificing and taking up your cross and eating Jesus' bones and drinking his blood and things like that. No, no, no. Matthew 6.33 says this, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what is he going to do? He'll add to you all these things. Now, this is, this is sort of the paradox that we have in, in the Bible is when we seek God, he opens up the door for us to all of his wealth and all of his treasury and all of his riches. And all things are not just spiritual, but they're natural as well. See, the person of Jesus, when we look at the gospel, there's the person of Jesus and there's the principles of Jesus. The person of Jesus equip us for heaven, but the principles of Jesus equip us for earth. So he says, look, I've got all these, these things that have been going, all these rules and regulations out there, and if you follow them, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments, because what happens is when you, when you follow his commandments, all the things on earth get taken care of. And when you love me, then what your eternity gets taken care of. And so we continue to become like Jesus, and we continue to follow his commandments on earth, and everything will begin to be better. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be roses and, and all these things all the way to heaven, but it means that through it all, I've got the grace and the blessing and the favor of God to get me through. Amen? So wisdom is this master key that allows us to open up the doors of God's riches and able to walk in the way that he's designed us to from the beginning. And so the first character trait that I want to tell you about this morning, and really the only one this morning, is this. It is a willingness to become. One of the greatest characteristics that we could ever have in our life is the willingness to become. Now, somebody may say, yeah, I'm willing to become rich and handsome. That's fine. I'm willing to become that. I'm talking specifically about the willing to become like Jesus. Now, in theory, that's a great idea, isn't it? Like, yeah, I really, man, I, I, I want to be like Jesus. He's awesome. He had that cool robe with the blue sash. I love all that about him. He had the lamb over his shoulders. I wear lamb's, you know, skin too. So we're a lot alike. No, what it's talking about is willing to become like Jesus in every area of our life. 
And again, we, we want to pick and choose kind of the good parts. Like, it'd be cool to pray for somebody and, and see that, you know, the crippled hand come alive or raise up the dead from the, you know, the, the dead and the sick and all that kind of stuff. The blind see. It'd be nice to go into work and, you know, the, oh, you can see now. Yeah. Look how awesome I am, right? But when you look at what Jesus did for us, the sacrifice, the denying of his self, those are the things that we're not necessarily willing to become like. Because like, that... That hurts. You know, it's easy to say, yeah, God, give me all the good, give me all the great things about Jesus. And then to be like, well, I don't want to deny myself today. It's Wednesday, Lord. I denied myself on Sunday. I got up. I went to church. All these guys. I already did my self-denial this week. No, it's, it's every single day laying it down. Lord, not, not my will, but your will be done. In Proverbs 1, you, you see this over and over again. Solomon is speaking, and he's saying, the purpose of these words that I'm giving you is to teach and to teach and to teach, and I'm showing you this is what you're supposed to do. If you read the Proverbs every day, and if you read your Bible, you, you, read the, you can read the chapter a day. Read a proverb a day every single month. That's the doctor's prescription. Just read a proverb a day, and you'll stop making bad Karate Kid Part 3 Daniel LaRusso decisions. Every time he did something, he was so dumb, Daniel LaRusso. What is the deal with that? And he'd always have to run back to the father, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi would say, Daniel-san, I forgive you. You know what I mean? I just watched it the other day in case you were wondering. <laughs> Somebody like, wow, that's a really deep old reference. It's this idea that we want to become willing, willing to change. Unwillingness, let me just give you this definition because I think you're going to like this. Unwillingness can be defined as resistance, reluctance, hesitation, and even doubt. Can you think of any circumstance or any situation in the kingdom of God when you would want to be reluctant or resistant or full of doubt? Yeah, that's me. I want to be unwilling. So if we know that the unwillingness is the opposite of what God wants us to be, then we have to recognize that willingness is what he does want us to be. And so then we have to take on his nature and have that willingness to become like him. James says that the wisdom that descends from God is first pure and peaceable. And are you ready for this one? Willing to yield. Now, we live in Los Angeles, and people don't understand how to merge. Why is that? Because they're unwilling to, say it with me, yield. That was good right there, huh? They're unwilling to yield. They're not willing to let somebody else go ahead of them. That's what yielding means. Paul says it like this. Consider others better than yourself. I added the yourself part, but you get the idea. Consider others better than your... Oh, ugh. that sounds so non-American. I'm American. I'm the best. USA, you, you know... Especially on 4th of July weekend, right? We're going to get him, you know. We're the best at everything. We're Americans, right? Willing to yield. Are you willing to let somebody go ahead of you or willing to help somebody? Are you willing to become like Jesus and let him go ahead of you? Anybody ever use a GPS? Yeah, the little map app, you know what I mean, that talks to you the whole time? Waze is like so concerned about cars on the shoulder for some reason. There's a car on the shoulder in about 100 feet. Okay, okay, what's the big deal here? There's the car on the shoulder. I get it. I see it there. There's another car parked on the shoulder. Like, okay, there's a lot of cars breaking down in L.A. for some reason. We get it. But using those map apps is kind of tough because you, you kind of know where you want to go, and then the map tells you to go a different way. Anybody ever had that happen? You're like, that's not the way to go. 
And the map's trying to save you a little bit of time. And you're like, no, I know the better way. Right into a dead end, right? The map knows the best way to go. Jesus knows the best way to go in our life. And, and, and even though you think you know how to get there, sometimes he says, you need to take a right turn here. And you're like, I'm not going to take a right turn. I know exactly where I'm going. Boom, dead end. Why is that? Because you're unwilling to yield. To think that the God who knows everything doesn't know about the dead end right up there is totally and completely foolish, isn't it? No, I know where I'm going. No, we don't. Nobody knows where they're going. You can go ahead and set a 10-year goal, a 5-year goal, a 30-second goal, and still not know where you're really going and how you're really going to get there. That's why we need God's wisdom. We need to be willing to yield to his wisdom and willing to say, yes, God, lead me and take me wherever you want to go. Solomon says, God, of all the things that I could have, I don't know what to do with all these people, and so, Lord, give me your wisdom. Give me the ability to judge between right and wrong. That's what America could surely use right about now, right? We could use some serious godly wisdom. Not the wisdom of man that says, you know what, we're going to take ideas from other nations that are godless and atheistic, and we're going to try and apply them here and see how that goes. So far, so bad. Nicely done, everybody. Let's go back to our roots, which is the Bible, and and, and really get in there and say, God, we're going to go with what you said. I'm not going to spend more than I take in. Are you you talking about the nation or me personally? Both of them. Okay, godly wisdom is what we really need. Solomon talks about a number of different types of personalities in the Bible, and three of them I want to talk about this morning. The first is the fool. The fool has said in his heart, this is what Solomon's dad, David, said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Okay, the fool never even hears the word of God, rejects it completely, says, no, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to hear what you have to say. This is what the world system is like. As tolerant as they think they are, they're completely closed-minded. Right? They'll go in there and say, oh, we'll have every other opinion on earth except yours. That's not open-mindedness. That's closed-mindedness. Right? We're not going to take what you're right. No, we don't believe in that. That's closed-mindedness. Okay? The fool says there is no God. The fool never hears. Then there's this, then he contrasts, he says, the wise hear and become wiser. And somewhere in between there is this little guy called the simple. The simple hear, but they never change. The wise hear and become wiser. Why is that? Because the wise hear the word and there's a willingness to change in their life. There's a willingness to become different. There's a willingness to say, I don't know it all. You may be the, the best expert in your field. You may be the rocket scientist of rocket scientists. But here's the thing. You don't know it all. You can't know it all. I don't know it all. Even though I've got really good ideas, I don't know it all. The wise hear and become wiser. You say, I, I, I hear, you know, Pastor Ben, Pastor Katie's messages 35 times a year. That's okay. There's actually 52 weeks. I don't know if you know that. It's okay to take a little vacation here and there. I'm I'm off for rest. But we got to come in and we got to hear the word of God and become wiser. The simple just comes in week in and week out. That's so good, man. I heard that last week, kind of. You're always talking about Jesus. I already know about Jesus. Do you really? Because then you go to Huffington Post and you have somebody tells you what Jesus is really like, quote unquote, and they're not saved and they never read the word, but they tell you this is how Jesus is. You're like, oh, that's right. That's how Jesus is. I love those articles because they're so ridiculous. You don't, you, don't, you don't get to tell me what Jesus is like. 
See, I have a relationship with Jesus. I'll tell you what he's like to you. You don't get to tell me what he's like because you have no relationship with him. And just because you read the Bible, you read a couple of verses here and there, you all of a sudden are an expert on Jesus enough. I mean, there are no experts on the Huffington Post, FYI. You know, just because you're reading it there, you think, oh, it's on the Internet. It's got to be true, right? Nope. There's no willingness to become. There's no willingness to understand it. Are you the wise and becoming wiser? Are you the simple, just hear the word all the time, always thinking, yeah, you know what, that's, that, that's, that's cool, that's good, but you never change? Are you the fool that just says, I don't even want to hear it? We all know everyone, uh, maybe a couple people in those categories, and maybe we're in one of those categories this morning. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you want to have the best summer ever, if you want to have the best life ever, there's got to be a willingness to become a willingness to change, a willingness to serve. You look at Jesus, and he was willing to become whatever the Father asked him to do and to be. Every time, every situation he came in contact with, whether it was washing feet, which is a fancy way of saying set up and pack up. Right? I'm not willing to help out. That's, that's too much Jesus got down on his hands and knees and wiped his disciples' feet. And there was, of course, there was a fool in the mix. But Peter says, you know what, Lord, if you're going to wash my feet, go ahead and wash this whole body. Because this body belongs to God. That's a joke. Some of you are like, oh, that's really good. And some people say, yeah, I enjoy watching Set Up and Pack Up. They serve me every single week. In fact, they should be handing me coffee as I walk in. That was Peter's mentality. He was acting like the simple, saying, oh, yeah, this is, this is great. I, yeah, we should serve. Specifically, you should serve. And you should serve me. No, we need to all take on the willingness to become like Jesus. That's serving. That's volunteering. Just even once, twice a month, that's not too hard to lay down your life. Jesus came all the way down from heaven, came as a form of a man, laid down everything, gave up his crown, gave up his seat, gave up his position, humbled himself to the point of becoming a man, and not just a man, a bond servant, served all of mankind, was rejected and spat upon and whipped and beaten and had the hairs pulled out of his beard hung on a cross so that we could have life and life eternal and it's too much for us to go and serve a little bit that's unwillingness my friends that's reluctance that's resistance that's doubt that's that's we've got to change that we've got to repent and say God I'm willing to become whatever whatever you want me to be that's wisdom if God is the wisest and knows everything then we've got to be willing to become like him. Amen? Once you bow your heads as, as we close this morning, and I, and I just want to ask you a question. I want to, I want to know if, if, if you're willing. If you're here this morning and say, Casey, I have not been willing. In fact, I would go ahead and say, I've been reluctant to change. And, and I maybe heard the gospel, but man, it just... It has not been hitting me. I've, been, I've not been becoming wiser still, but today I want to become willing. I want that willingness to become. I just want you to lift up your hand. Just, just wave at me. Say, I, I want to be willing today. I know it's 4th of July weekend, and nobody wants to repent and all that kind of But just, just lift up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want to be willing. No one's looking around. It's just me and you and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I want to be willing. I, I want to change. I've not been willing, but today I want to become willing. Just hold up the hand so I can pray for you this morning. Father, you see the hands across here this morning. You see those who are desiring to say, Lord, I've not been willing, but this morning I hear your word, and I want to become like the wise, and I want to be wise. 
wiser still. I want to be willing. Father, we pray for those today. Lord, give us the strength. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that allows us to move and, and flow and, and live in your being and become willing to be like you. Father, today we say that Canvas is a church that's willing to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to do, willing to go wherever the Holy Spirit wants us to go, willing to change and to become like you, Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that we can become willing. Even today, I just feel that maybe there's some of you that have just been holding on and just, you've been hurt in the past and you say, I'm not willing to go forward this time. I'm only going to stick my toe into the pool. And the Holy Spirit is coming here to say, jump all the way in. Just come all the way in. Give everything. Serve. Lay it all down. Don't just step close. Step all the way in this morning. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that you're leading those. Lord, we just come today. Lord, you're leading those in to step all the way into the pool, Jesus, all the way into your heart, all the way into coming in deep into relationship with you, Lord, letting go of the past, leaving it behind us, Jesus, and stepping into your presence and saying, I'm willing to come, I'm willing to grow, I'm willing to change, I'm willing to become like you, Jesus. And a restoration of that first love, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.